Welcome to Faith Westwood's online service. My name is Holly Timberlake. I'm the Director of Adult and Family Discipleship here at Faith Westwood. And we are so glad that you are here. During worship today, we will have music. We will celebrate Holy Communion. Pastor Steve will share a message on the art of neighboring during a pandemic. And we will have a children's message from Mrs. Leah. Next Sunday, we will be launching a fall campaign called Be Week. Be strong, be long on 2 Corinthians. And this is a great time for you to join a faith group. If you are interested in joining a faith group, you can contact me at holly.timberlake at faithwestwood.com. We ask that you continue to be in a spirit of worship. day in this neighborhood a beautiful day for a neighbor would you be mine could you be mine won't you be my neighbor good morning boys and girls miss Leah here what you just saw was a small part of my neighborhood and the song that you heard was from a TV show that I used to watch when I was a kid called mr. Rogers neighborhood what is a neighbor 
Well, it can be the people that live close to you, but it can also be other people, like people at church, at school, or even at sports. It's all about the relationships. And neighboring is the way you treat those people and help them out too. Basically, it's sharing the love of Jesus with others through your words and actions. Mr. Rogers TV show taught kids how to be kind and caring, to be a good neighbor and a good friend, and also how to deal with things in life that were coming up. I know if Mr. Rogers was still around today, he would want to talk to you kids about COVID-19 and how to deal with it and your anxieties and your fears that come along with it too. Mr. Rogers was a follower of Jesus. He was a kind, caring, and generous man. And I think he was a perfect example of what a blessed friend is. At Faith Westwood, we talk about blessed friends. Do you remember what blessed friends is all about? We begin with prayer. We listen with care. We eat together. We serve with love. And we share our stories. Mr. Rogers would begin with prayer. By praying for people by name every day when he swam. He listened with extreme care. He would even tell whoever he was talking to that they were the most important thing to him right there. He would eat with people he was neighboring too. I know some pretty valuable conversations went on during those meals too. Like when he took the reporter Lloyd out to eat during the movie. He served with love through his TV show and by becoming a part of the lives of those he met. And he shared his story. In the movie, he shared a story about his broken relationship with his son after Lloyd said that he must have been the perfect parent. It's really hard to be a blessed friend during COVID-19 with all the new rules and regulations. But I know COVID-19 wouldn't have stopped Jesus and it probably wouldn't have stopped Mr. Rogers either because we all want to share the love of Jesus with others. and We want to continue to grow our relationships with all of those people. So I know that we can reinvent ways of being a blessed friend to others. We can still do things socially distanced and with masks on, like meals and having a conversation with somebody in 3D in person. Or we can serve together too, or help one another out, and we can still be socially distanced. We can also have a conversation on the phone. Don't need a mask or to be socially distanced for that, do we? And we can also pray for one another still. COVID-19 can't stop us from praying for our neighbors. And to quote Mr. Rogers, when I was a boy and I would see scary things in the news, my mother would say to me, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. And those helpers are those good neighbors or blessed friends. So Jesus tells us to love God and to love one another. And I think that when we're being a good neighbor, and doing the blessed friend thing, that we are doing just that. So what can you do to be a good neighbor? Until next time, may the Lord bless you and always smile upon you. And all God's kids then, amen. I love you and I miss you and I can't wait to see you again next week. Bye. Today's scripture comes from the book of Acts, chapter 8, verses 26 through 31. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, 
the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all of the treasury of the Candace, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. What name is given to this child? William Charles. William Charles. I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> he is just happy to be here. Hi, everybody. What you just saw was the baptism I conducted on Thursday evening for 10-month-old William Charles Pally. He's the son of Mike and Laura, and their two daughters are with them and their godmother. And we held the baptism right there in their front yard. You know, Wednesday afternoon, I was going over the scripture for today, and I was starting to get prepared, and I, I just had a sense that the direction I had originally laid out for uh, this Sunday was just not the right way to go. I hadn't written the message yet, but weeks ago I had given it a title and a description. And I'm always hesitant to, to change midstream, especially just a few days before Sunday, because it, it just it throws a wrench into the whole theme of the service. You know, Donna's already recorded the music for today. Leah's already prepared her children's time. Holly's already written a discussion guide for the groups. So I don't want to make a change on a whim. Wednesday afternoon, I went for a walk to clear my head and, and pray about it. And when I came back, I thought, yeah, I've got, to, I've got to make the switch. Thursday morning, I wrote up the changes and sent them out to the staff. And then I also wrote the email to announce it to you with my new title called Surprise Me. But now, be honest, how many of you really noticed that I had changed it? That's what I figured. The way I look at it, if God always did what I expected, He wouldn't be God. Back in June, I was envisioning that we would, might be ready to, to reopen for worship by the second Sunday of August. I was counting on our live streaming equipment being ready to go by then, and we could begin in-person worship and live streaming all the same day. It was a great plan. It just didn't turn out that way. Much of the live, stream, live streaming equipment got back-ordered. We're, we're still waiting for one piece to come in. So even though live streaming's not quite ready, um, we're still going to start public in-person worship next Sunday at 9 o'clock. And I want to reassure you that until live stream is running, we're going to continue to have our pre-recorded service online. So you'll always be able to worship from home. That's, that's our plan. Of course, 
sometimes surprises happen despite our plans. In 2013, um, I went on our first mission trip. Our team went to Costa Rica. Um, our first full day there, I was asked to speak to 30 or 40 uh, youngsters at the mission center. Carlos Mesteyer interpreted for me. And I asked the children to give me examples of happy surprises. And they said things like, When you go home and you find out that you're having your favorite food. Or when your friends invite you to come out and play. Or when you get a really good grade at school. And I said, and on your birthday do you get happy surprises? And they all giggled and said, see. And then I told them how Jesus said to people, uh, talk to them about happy surprises from God. The short version of what I said is that Jesus said, Happy surprises for the poor and humble. They belong to God's kingdom. Happy surprises for those who are sad. God will comfort them. Happy surprises for those who are kind. The world will one day belong to them. Happy surprises for those who are hungry and thirsty for God. He will give them what they want. Today, We're looking at a surprise in chapter 8 of the book of Acts. Acts tells us about the early history of Jesus' people. Today's scripture features Philip. Now, footnote, this is not the same Philip who was one of Jesus' 12 disciples. Um, this Philip was chosen in Acts chapter 6 to be one of seven servants called deacons. They were put in charge of the local Meals on Wheels in Jerusalem. Or maybe it was Eats on Feats. I don't know. After Philip's friend Stephen was stoned to death, a lot of Christians, including Philip, got out of there. They fled Jerusalem. But wherever they went, they told people about Jesus. He's the crucified and resurrected Messiah. He's the culmination of Israel's story. And now he reigns as Lord of all. Philip went to Samaria and told the Samaritans that, and many of them put their faith in Jesus. What a surprise for Philip. You know, he goes from waiting tables to leading a village to Christ. Philip learned, if we've been faithful to serve in one way, God will surprise us with more ways to serve. Remember that line from Jesus' parable? Uh, where the master says, Well done, good and faithful servant. You know what comes next? The master says, You have been faithful in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. That's what happens to good and faithful servants. God says, You've been faithful in serving one way. I'm going to surprise you with more ways to serve. Acts 8.26 starts out by saying, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, I've never seen an angel of the Lord, believe that I know of. But many years ago, a guy who was going through a great deal of anguish told me that one day he saw someone wearing kind of ancient style clothing standing in his house for a little bit. He, he didn't know what to do, so he just looked. The visitor's presence was alarming, but also strangely comforting. Before this experience, I'm not even sure this guy believed in angels. He certainly wasn't looking for one. 
At the time, I was the only person he dared to even talk about it. I, sus I suspect he saw an angel. What I don't know is whether he saw a vision of an angel or an angel in bodily form or whether there's really much of a difference. He was awake, so I don't think he was dreaming. Either way, it was a real experience for him. I don't know how Philip experienced the angel either. Was it a vision or a person or a dream? It doesn't say. But Philip gets a very specific message. Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza. There's an interesting translation question here, though it doesn't really impact the story. Uh, the Greeks use the same word for south and noon. Because in the Northern Hemisphere, what direction is the sun at noon? South. So the angel could have been giving Philip the time to be there or the direction. Either way, Philip gets some specific and surprising instruction. Now, if it had been me, I might have said, Lord, why do you want me to go there? Well, apparently God didn't answer that question. Philip just had to trust that God would let him know what he needed to know when he needed to know it. So, Philip went. And I'm sure, you know, when he woke up that morning, he had no idea he would be leaving Samaria. So, he's walking down the road from Jerusalem to Gaza. Um, I, I've read that it was a well-traveled road, uh, paved with stones. It passed through terrain that was dry and harsh. It reminds me of the, the badlands of South Dakota, except hotter. Gaza was a city along the Mediterranean coast, and, and you'd go through it uh, on your way to Egypt and beyond. I can imagine Philip walking through this barren landscape wondering, what am I doing here? What am I supposed to be looking for, Lord? And then down the road he spies a four-wheeled carriage, our translation calls it a chariot. Uh, because the traveler was an important official, I imagine he was traveling with his entourage, people walking before and behind the carriage. Verse 29 says, The Spirit told Philip, Go to that chariot and stay near it. What did Philip do? Verse 30 says, Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. I'm guessing Philip's a young guy. And so he's able to run and catch up with the chariot, even though it's probably moving somewhat slowly. As he gets up to the, the carriage, uh, I can see uh, him looking up at God and saying, now, now what am I supposed to do? I've had times like that, haven't you? Here's a story I've, I've shared at uh, my faith walk class a few times. Um, when, I, when we lived in Lincoln, I one day bumped into a high school classmate of mine at a food court, and I found out he lived just a couple blocks from me. And all that summer, I thought about, you know, I ought to stop by and see Randy. But you know how you put things off, and I never did. And then one day, about 5.30, and I'm home alone, sitting on our green and white striped couch, reading a book, and a thought pops into my head, now go see Randy. The thought kind of surprised me, but without giving it a second thought, I, I shut my book, I got up, I headed out the door. I had not even gotten past the front of my house when I began to check it out. 
If I knock on his door and he says, Hey, what brings you here, Steve? What am I going to say? God told me to come see you today. So, I'm walking and I make a deal with God, which I probably shouldn't have done, but I did. I said, Lord, if Randy's standing in front of his house when I walk by, I'll talk with him. But if he's not, then I'm just out for a walk. And uh, after making my little chicken deal, I kept walking. As I turned the corner and approached Randy's house, there he was, standing on a ladder, cleaning his gutters with his back to the street. For a little bit, um, I just stood there. I thought, okay, Lord, (laughs) you called my bluff. Now what do I do? So I just said, Randy? And he turned around toward me and he said, Steve! And he came down from his ladder and he said, I'm glad you stopped by. I've been wanting to to talk with you and ask you some questions. And the two of us stood in his driveway and talked for an hour and a half about matters of life and faith. You know, God surprised both of us that day. But by arranging that conversation... Uh, You know, someone might say, you know, that was just a coincidence. And I'd say, okay, I can't prove it either way. But I'm convinced God was behind it. And I'm sure some of you have had similar experiences. One of the things that we talk about from time to time here at Faith Westwood is being a blessed friend. Uh, I did a message on it, or Holly did, in January, and I gave one in May, and now uh, I want to bring it up again today. What's a blessed friend? Here's one definition I want to propose to you. A blessed friend helps someone who doesn't yet know Jesus take a step closer to him. How does that sound to you? Listen to it again. A blessed friend helps someone who doesn't yet know Jesus take a step closer to him. And how do we do that? Well, by bringing the five blessed practices into our friendships. Begin with prayer, listen with care, eat together, serve in love, share your story. And you may think, I I can't do that. And I'll say, you know, if you try, God might surprise you. Look at Philip. In Acts 6, he's serving daily dinner for widows. In Acts 8, he's talking with an important official from another continent about Jesus. You know, there are a lot of spiritually curious people in the world who are looking for a friend like you. And I want to add this. Expect God to surprise you with friendships you don't expect. That sounds a little bit like an oxymoron, doesn't it? But that means you have to be open to God, open to the world around you. You know, Philip was an olive-skinned Middle Easterner. He didn't expect to be sitting in a fancy carriage with a rich, black-skinned African official. But that's what God does. That's the kind of thing God does when you're led by the Holy Spirit. Expect God to surprise you with friendships you don't expect. When Philip Philip comes jogging beside this carriage, I'm sure he's wondering, okay, what am I supposed to do now? What do I say? And then he hears this guy reading from Isaiah the prophet uh, a passage that points to Jesus. So Philip simply asks the question, 
hey, understand what you're reading? And that's how the conversation begins. Another thing I want to say is this, and uh, we cannot answer every question people are going to have. We cannot expect to overcome every skeptic's objection. And you might find this shocking, but I believe it's true. Most of us know enough about the good news to guide a friend who's put ready to put their faith in Jesus. I mean, think about it. You've been listening to my sermons for years. You've been going to group, reading your Bible. You have the Holy Spirit to lead you. And you'll guide your friend as they enter the kingdom by faith. Think about it. You, you, you know about confessing your sins and asking forgiveness, putting your faith in Jesus as Savior and Lord of all. You, you, could, you could talk to them about John 3.16. You could share a little bit of your own faith story. Most of us know enough about the good news to guide a friend who's ready to put their faith in Jesus. And if they're not ready, just keep blessing them with all the five blessed practices. You can do this. I'd like to end uh, my message by sharing with you the world's most dangerous prayer. Have I ever shared this with you? What's the world's most dangerous prayer? Just two words. I'm available. And when I say it's dangerous, I, I say that because I'm, I, I think that God will take you at your word and will work in your life in wonderful ways. You know, I'm available. It's, it's, it's really even more than a prayer. It's a posture of life. And that's what we see in Philip. He was available. When God said go, he went. Lord, I'm available to go wherever you want me to go, to say whatever you want me to say, to do whatever you want me to do. Surprise me. Today, we have the opportunity to receive the sacrament of Holy Communion. And so, if you don't have your communion elements ready, you can pause the video now and go get them. And then resume the video. This video for communion is uh, for during the week of September 6th, 2020. Let's pray. Lord God, our Creator, what a surprise when you said, let there be light. And light came into being and light and darkness were separated. And what a surprise when you chose Israel to be your people, the bearers of your promise. And what a surprise when you sent your Son to fulfill those promises. And what a surprise when you sent your grace to us, when we've done nothing to deserve such kindness. May your faithfulness, may your unchanging character give us confidence to trust the surprises you send our way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus ate the meal with his disciples before he went to the cross. He took bread and he blessed it and he broke it. And he said, this is my body given for you. And then he took the cup and he gave thanks. 
And he gave it to them, said, This is my blood poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. And every time you drink of it, remember me. Let us pray. Oh God, we ask that you will pour out your Holy Spirit upon us, right here, right now. And pour your Spirit out upon these gifts of bread and the fruit of the vine, that they may be for us and bring to us the very presence of Christ, his body and blood, his sacrifice for us. And now let us join together in the prayer Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The body of Christ given for you. The blood of Christ shed for you. Amen. Of my 
I love the book of Acts because it gives us an opportunity to see what the people that met Jesus did after they connected with him. What do you want to do? What actions do you want to take right now? We invite you to stop by faithwestwood.com forward slash service. You can fill out a connection card. Give us your prayer requests. We love to be praying for you. You can also give to the 2020 mission. Our mission offering this week is for Helping Hands. This is a very important fund that we use to help support the needs of people in our congregation. It might help someone stay in a home or provide a vehicle um, need for them. So we encourage you to give generously to the mission fund this, this week. Please join us next week for our fall kickoff for Be Weak, Be Strong, Be Long.